0: Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Good morning to you. Are you excited about Valentine's Day coming up? All right, all right. Well, we've been talking about a few things. This is the fifth message on our series. And our message, our series was entitled Together, Loving for the Gospel's Sake. We're going over... The first stage, which was we have to have something that is beyond us, that we are shooting for, that, we, that will cause us to really uh, love and to be together, to be in unity, which means the same thing. Oneness means the same thing as unity in the Greek. And so uh, we have to have something beyond ourselves. And that something else was, of course, for the gospel's sake, for the gospel's sake. So that was the first message. And then the second message and the third, we went over just togetherness what it meant. What does unity mean? How does it look? And then uh, last week we said, let's put the ingredients together. And we had uh, Ivy come up and do a little, uh, talk a little bit about ingredients. And without really some of those ingredients, you're not going to have a good cake. Now those cakes back there, I mean, they look good. You haven't seen it yet. I have seen it. (laughs) They look good. Uh, I was going to have them make a wedding cake uh, but uh, one of those tear things. Uh, uh, but it's hard to, to get it in here, you know, really, because it has to be on stilts and things like that. Uh, but uh, but if she made something that looks good. You, you, I think you'll be pleased. But without eggs, without butter, without oil, you're not going to have much of a cake. It, it'll be it'll be an egg, probably, but not a cake. And so. <laughs> So it's it's that way with love. If we don't have love, all that we're talking about as far as unity, togetherness, is not going to work. You're not going to have the real thing. Now, we're, we're talking about God's unity, togetherness with God. We're not talking about just agreeing with one another. We can agree, and we've talked about that, and you really don't have the God kind of unity. You can agree on a lot of different things. And people agree all the time, but not in unity. But in order to have the God count kind of unity, the God count kind of togetherness, the God count kind of oneness, you're going to have to have love. So today, we want to talk about one issue, and we want to hammer that in, and that is that God loves you. Now, in talking about this vast subject of, of love, I wanted to break it down into three messages, and one was starting with the foundation. God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Each one of you, God loves you. So I wanted to hammer that in. And before we uh, go to see this picture of God's love, because that's what I want to show you, what does it, what, what does it look like, God loves love? What, what picture do you get in your mind that God loves you? What, what kind of picture? We want to help you start forming a picture today. Before we get to that, we want to make sure you understand that this is real, that we are really not lovable as we think we are. Uh, We we think sometimes that, well, God had no choice to love me (laughs) because I'm so lovable. No, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, Let's turn to Romans chapter 3. Let's go there first. And probably verse 9 might be a good place to start. And it says here, what then are we better than they? Speaking of the circumcision versus the uncircumcision, the Jews versus the Gentiles. Not at all. For we have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are under sin. So if you're not a Jew, you're a Greek. You know, if you're not saved, you're unsaved. So we're talking about everybody here. As it is written... There is none righteous, not even one. There is none who seeks understanding. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. Now, is that kind of plain? That means that that, that really... How can we have unity? How can we have togetherness? How can we have oneness if God has already said there is none that's good? Now, to me, you're going to have to be good in order to have unity through all situations. To have oneness through all situations, you're going to have to be good. You can't be just not good. It says that their throat is an open grave, with their tongues they keep deceiving. Now, that, that sounds like me uh, before I was saved. It says, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. And cursing doesn't have to be, not, we're not talking about profanity. we just talking about speaking bad things to people. You know, I hope you drop dead. Uh, I know you've never said anything like that. Uh, (laughs) But this is the unsaved condition. Destruction and misery are in their paths. In the path of peace they have not known. How many of you want to be married to somebody like that? How can you have unity? You can't. With, with like that. So we need God's love. We have to have God's love. So I think the the matter, this matter that we're talking about is settled. I I think you understand, I think you understand now that you're not good outside of Jesus Christ. I think we understand that we're uh, not righteous outside of Jesus Christ. We need Jesus. I think we all understand that. If you don't, uh, you know, just, just, just see Jackie after service. Raise your hand, Jackie. Yeah, hey, there's Jackie. See him after service. You know, he'll, he'll tell you. So let's go to the, to the message title, God Loves You. I know you said, well, I, I'm, I'm a, why would he love me? Because nobody loves me. You know, I'm not attractive on the outside. I'm not attractive on the inside. I'm not. Nobody loves me. My parents didn't even love me. You know, God loves you. And see, we've been through so much uh, through the through the years. Especially if you're older than 20, uh, you've been through a lot. And well, maybe say if you're older than 10, you've been through a lot <laughs> because teenagers will say, "Oh, well, I've been through a lot." Um, <laughs> you've been through things, and sometimes you feel like no one loves you. No one loves me. You know? I'm the scum of the earth. People treat me so mean. Everybody take advantage of me. And, and really, that, that is true to a certain extent of a lot of us. See, we have people who uh, didn't even know their father, didn't, didn't even know they had a father, never seen him. Been mistreated. We have people who their parents, you know, put them in, I hope social service took them, and they, 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 didn't, they didn't have parents. We have people who been through a lot. But I want to tell you, God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Well, you say, well, show me. Show me who well, God's loved me. Well, first of all, when we get this picture, we're trying to paint this picture today. Uh, if I had someone with a canvas up there painting while I'm going on, it'll be a, we're going we're to just put some broad strokes today on a foundation. We'll put the, if you had a, a puzzle, one of those 2,000-piece you know, puzzles, you try to fill in the outside, we're going to put the boundaries, the foundation of the day. God loves you. What is love? What is love? I don't know. Really? I don't know what love is. And you say, well, why are you up there? Well, I'm up here because I want to tell you the truth. The truth. Okay. I can tell you that in English we have a word called love, L-O-V. We have that. But what does that mean? I love candy. Well, I don't really. I love pineapple layer cake. Yes. I love pineapple layer cake. Yes i love my wife Yes. now which do i love more see that the the, the love in english i'm not going to get myself in trouble (laughs) my wife (laughs) but see just the word love doesn't explain that now if you're speaking of greek you might say well you can use phileo you can use that it means fond of which means i can put that to the cake and then i can use agape for my wife but that word came into this a little bit later, and you can use stergo, which is, they say sometimes this is for uh, parents to children, children to parents, but it can be used both ways also. We also can use uh, just just different words like eros. That's another word. And we can find out more about that in the Song of Solomon, and that's for, reserved for the husband-wife relationship, eros. But that we, can, we can, the Greeks had a little bit better handle on that word. But still, reading all the definition, looking at all the different uh, resources that I have, all the different pages, I still don't know what love is. If you ask me to define it, I can't define it. And I know I can ask you, and you can define it for me. And most of you say, unconditional. Well, it doesn't even say that in any of my resources, unconditional love. You said, well, God kind of love. Well, what does that mean? Now, that's what I mean by I don't know what love is. Because defining love, I don't think love was meant to define. I think love was meant to be shown. That's what I really mean. That's what I really think, too. Let's look at it. First of all, let's start it about... What did God describe love as? Let's go there. How did he describe love? God himself, Jehovah. How did he do that? Let's go to Exodus chapter 33. Let's go there. And we'll see a little bit about about what he said about himself because this is a a point where Moses was asking a question. Uh, Moses said in, in verse 18, he was saying, well... I know that you're going to, you you love me and you're going to do all these things and you're going to be with me and all like that. But I pray you show me your glory, your radiance, your brightness. And he said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will show compassion, which is mercy, on whom I will show mercy. But you cannot see my face. No man can see my face and live. And then the Lord said, Behold, there's a place by me, and you will stand there on the rock, and I will come about, it will come about while my glory is passing by, my face is passing by, that I will put my, I'll put you in the cliff of the rock and I'll, I'll cover you with, with my hand until I pass by. And then I'll take my hand away and then you can see my back, but my face you can't see. Okay, let's look over in verse, uh, chapter 34, verse 6. Now, the Lord passed by in front of him and he proclaimed, and the Lord is proclaiming who he is. Who he is. And this is what he said compassionate. Gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands and forgives iniquity and transgression and sin, yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. Now, if we think about that, God is showing us who he is. And who he is is very important because he is love. Let's look in first John chapter four. And we'll see in verse starting verse sixteen. That's where we want there. It says, We have come to know and have believed. The love which God has for us. How are we going to know the love that God has for us? God is love. That's what it says. God is love. Now, if we take that and we say, God is love. So that means that whatever God says about himself, whatever God does, however God acts, however he reacts, this is how God acts, this is how God reacts, this is how love acts then. Because God is love. So everywhere in the Bible that I see what God is doing, I see what love is doing. Because God is love. See, I want, to say, I want to have a picture of love. That's what I want to have a picture. Because if I don't have a picture, I have just words in my head, in my mind, and I can quote the scriptures. but it does no good to quote a scripture if you don't, can't live it out. So we had to have a picture of something and say, I got it. I got it. I got this. I see now. I see. That's the picture I'm talking about and all the Holy Spirit can show it to you, I'm going to just start the thinking processes and, 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 and the uh, in your impre- impression in your mind. I'm trying to give you some hints where you can start visualizing the love of God. That's what you're going to have to do, that God loves you. I don't care what comes, what doesn't come. If you don't know the love of God, Satan is going to have a field day with you and with me. Because bad things can happen to good people. And so he, Satan does that to make sure that he gives you plenty of opportunities in your lifetime to dislike God, to turn away from God, to say mean things about God, not serve God wholeheartedly because he allowed this to happen in your life. And thank God for the book of Job so that, We know that here's a man didn't have the Holy Spirit inside of him, but yet he didn't. Curse God. And nothing has ever happened to anybody like that that I know of. Lost every, all the animals, everything, all their wealth, every single thing, lost, all their children, lost. Uh, their, his health lost his friends, lost everything, and then have people who call themselves friends blaming him for for not being righteous. I don't know nobody about, like that, but still didn't curse God. That's amazing, and that's good. That's what God wants. That's what God wants, because we need to know God is love, and he loves you. He loves you. He loves you just the way you are. Just the way you are. If he didn't love you the way you are now, he wouldn't have saved you. He had to wait till we get better to save us. See, he loves us the way we are. And he loves us so much that once he saves us, then he'll change us because he loves us. God is love. So when God passed by Moses and he says compassionate, love is compassionate. You can't say, I love and not be compassionate. God is compassionate towards you. He really is. God is gracious towards you. God is slow to anger. He's abounding in mercy and faithfulness. God is faithful when we are not faithful. God is faithful. I don't care what someone didn't do. I don't care um, if you're here today and you've been through a a, a, a divorce, you've been through um, a mess situation with your parents or with your siblings. All I'm saying is that God is faithful faithful. He wants you to know that love is faithful. I will be with you even to, until the end. You can't do anything that's going to cause me not to be faithful towards you. That's what he's saying. And I like that. I like that. And he, he says that I will keep loving kindness for thousands meaning thousands of generations How many children can you have and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and great-grandchildren? Can you have a thousand generations? You're not going to live that long to see them, but you can have them. He said, I I will be to you because of your faith. faith, I will be to you faithful to a thousand generations. I said, wow. You think about that. You think about that. God is faithful. Love is faithful then. Love is faithful. God is faithful towards you. That's okay, God. Okay, I, I see that. I see that. Tell me some more good things about love because you said it. You love us. How, what picture do we get? Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And you know it by heart. I'm sure you do. Um, and that comes after the chapter 12 of Corinthians and talking about the gifts and things like that. Then he comes in 13 that I don't care whether you speak with the tongues of men or angels but do not have love. You become like a noisy gong, like a cymbal without sound. If you you have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, if you have all faith so that you can remove mountains, but you don't have love? He says, I'm nothing. He said, We can give all our, our, our possessions to the poor. He said, It doesn't mean anything. If you don't have love, it doesn't profit you anything. It doesn't profit you anything. Love is patient, love is kind, it's not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. It's not doesn't act unbecoming. It's not does not seek its own welfare. It's not easily provoked. Does not take into account any wrong suffered. My 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 my. Just think of Jesus. God in the flesh. Now, what, did He take into account the wrong that was done to Him? Leading to the cross and said, well, I'm not going to die. You know, the ones who beat me, you can forget it. I'm not dying for you. Did he do that? No. He took no account of wrong done to him. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoice in truth. Bears all things. We can bear some things, but then some things we can't bear. But he said love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things endures all things come on endure come on all the time all the time just because I've been putting up with you now this this is it that was the last straw you plucked my last nerve that's it that's it not God God is love and God loves you we're trying to get this pitch of love see because I, I don't think I don't think if we I don't think we can really love if we don't have this picture of love. We got to have a picture of love in order to love because the, the, the next message is, is coming. We are, we, you know we're getting to how can we actually walk in unity? How can we really keep this thing together when it comes with our relationships on our job, our relationships with our relatives, our relationships with the, uh, our siblings, our, our, our parents, our parents with the children, and, In our marital partner or in church or wherever we are, how can we really walk this thing out? You have to have this picture of how God is because God loves you. Doesn't he? Love is action. Let's go from there. What does love do then? What does love do? Let's look at, uh, let's go to James. James chapter 1. Verse 27, let's go there. Love, what does it look like? I I need a picture of love. What does it look like? It reaches out to the helpless. It reaches out to the helpless. So if God is love, love is going to reach out to the helpless. God is going to reach out to the helpless. God is going to make sure that that's part of the DNA because he loves. Pure religion. Undefiled in the sight of God and Father is this, to visit the orphans. Why visit the orphans? What I care about? They're not mine. Why, why visit the orphans? Yeah. Because orphans are helpless. They don't have parents. God loves the helpless. The widows in their distress. Because widows... Usually don't have anything. They don't have they, they 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 lost their husband, their provision. So now they are they are destitute. They had rules in the New Testament about widows to put on the road and who not to put on the road. If we look in Deuteronomy, which we're not going to. Chapter 14, 20, verse twenty eight and twenty-nine, it'll tell you in Deuteronomy in the Old Testament that they were supposed to The third, the third year tied, they're supposed to make sure they took care of the Levites, the aliens, the widows. That's who they're supposed to take care of. Because love takes care of those. The helpless. Love does that. God does that. So whenever you have love, wherever you have love, you know that if you're helpless, God loves me. God loves me. I don't have anything. I mean, I, I, I don't have anything. I don't, I don't, uh, I can't make it. How am I making it? My husband died. My, 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 I don't have a, a son that, that's going to take care of me. Don't have any sons. Don't have any daughters. What am I going to do? God is going to look after you because God looks out for the helpless. Just what love does. God loves you. He loves you. Give me some more pictures of love. More pictures of love. What else about love? It's everlasting. It doesn't doesn't stop. Let's look at one of the verses. Let's look at uh, Psalm. Let's go there. Psalm 100. That's a good place to to go. And, And in Psalm 100, verse 5, it'll tell us, For God is Good. Is it good? Yeah. See, we can say that, but when hard times come, when bad times come, are we gonna say God, regardless, like Job, I, "Nigga, I came in the world, nigga, I'm going out." You know. And we we're smart enough not to say what Job said. We'll say, uh, "God give it, and Satan take it away." Uh, by the way, uh, we're gonna stop singing the song that way. That God gives and God takes it because it's not really. God didn't take it from Job. Did he take it from Job? Who took it from Job? Huh? Yeah, yeah, he did. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God is good. And we have to say that I don't know why this happened. See, we're smart because we read Job. I don't know why this happened. I've searched. I can't think of anything I've done. Uh, that's caused anything to happen. I just don't know. But I'm going to trust God because God is good. I don't, know, I don't know why this happened to me. I'm not going to say, why me, why me? I'm going to just say, God, evidently you have something that's gonna, good that's going to come out of this because you are good. You see? That's, that's how we got to do it. You are good. And, and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't help us to just say it if we don't have a picture of it. You've got to have a picture of it so that when that hard time comes, when that situation comes, you can say, I don't know, but God is good. That I do know. Then it says, his love and kindness is everlasting. How long is everlasting? And his faithfulness to all generations. That's forever. That's forever. So we know that we can't say, I love you today, and then five years from now, I can't stand you. Because that's what happened in relationships. Come on. It happens in relationships. You have relationships that have been going on for 30 years, and then all of a sudden, poosh. That the kids are out and gone, empty nest, and they're facing each other, looking at each other and say, oh, man. <laughs> come on. Yeah, well, come on. You've heard them say that men hit mid- those mid-life crisis, and they go out and buy a Corvette, white hair, you know, old, and they got the top back and, 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 and want a new model wife. Come on. It ain't gonna work. It doesn't. It do, now, now, this is the way God tell, tells me now, because I've counseled many people that are going through the voices Now we're not we're not teaching them that. I'm just teaching on that how God is, because that's how love is. God's love is everlasting. Everlasting is never. If 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 His love were not everlasting, we wouldn't be here today. Because there's no way in the world you can say, well God. Loved me, and he saved me because I was so good. No. No. He loved me, he saved me, because he is love. That's why. Because of him. That's why he saved me. It's nothing nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with you. So love, this picture we are speaking of love, is compassionate. It's merciful. It reaches to the poor, the helpless. It, it is just everlasting. It gives its life for you. Love will give its life for you. Because it says in 1 John well, in John three sixteen, For God so loved the world, right? That he gave his only begotten son. Let's, let's go to Romans 5, and let's look at that a little bit closer. Because we know that verse, that verse, let's go to Romans Five, and that's, that's a, a good one because it's talking about the same thing now. I want to skip down from one, verse one. Go to verse five. It says, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out. It's been shared abroad, the King James say, within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we were still, come on, helpless or sinners, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates, see, I, I told you, love, I, can't, I, can, I cannot define this thing. It's a term called love, but I do know that love demonstrates itself. Love is an action word. Love is not a stagnant something, I love you. So what? Show me. Right? Show me. He said, because God demonstrated, didn't it? For God so loved the world that he gave. It's an action word. He gave. He demonstrates his own love towards us. How did he demonstrate it? In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's what love does. While someone is a sinner, while someone is doing what's wrong, while someone is not treating you the way they're supposed to treat you, someone who doesn't deserve your love, someone who um, you say, well, I, I don't like the alien. Come on. I've heard so many people say, you know what they ought to do? They ought to wrap all these, these uh, aliens up, these illegals up, and ship them back. They've been here, they, they, they've been here about 30 or 40 years. Their children have grown up here and everything, but ship them back because they're aliens. Now, what did God say? God said, you were alien in Egypt. Come on. What did he do with them? You say, <laughs> "Oh, come on! God loves aliens." You say, well, "You must be a Democrat." <laughs> I'm not a nothing. <laughs> I'm not a nothing. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a. <laughs> I'm a Bible man. That's what I am. All I can do is just tell you what the Bible says. That's all I'll tell you. How I vote is none of your business. I never told you, so it doesn't matter. Ah! You know, you, you, hear, you hear what I'm saying now? I'm not being political on you. I'm just trying to tell you that what we say sometimes, we're saying something out of emotion. We're not saying it out of truth. And God says, that, why don't you get the truth? Now, surely there is justice with God. He told you about himself, that he does he, not pass over of sin. He, he, will, he will visit the iniquity of the Father's, on the children to the third and what? Fourth generations. So we know God's just, right? We know God's just. So all that is in that Exodus 33. God demonstrates his own love towards us. Do you really love people? Do you really love the, the helpless? Come on. Do you love the, do you love the helpless? Do you love the helpless? I hear some. Mm-hmm. Do you do you love the helpless? Because <laughs> it'll help us. It will help us change. It'll help us change because we'll stop, stop being inward and start being more what outward. You see. See, this is going to cause this whole this these, these set of messages going to cause this church to change because God doesn't want us stagnant. He wants us to be more like him. So how can we change if we don't know how he is? We can, we can say in our nice plush living room, or just a den with our you know hundred uh, foot TV and, and and we can and we can say, I love the helpless, you know, right? Would you give towards the helpless man? I don't have no money, man. Don't be asking me no money. Would you go somewhere? I'm not going nowhere. God, tell me, go. I'm going here, and told me nothing. I'm not going nowhere. God loves the helpless. He demonstrates, doesn't he? He demonstrates His love by doing what? Towards us, in that yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, come on. That's what God is looking for, because that's what love is. That's the picture we get of love. Uh, what, what about uh, what is the other thing about love? Okay, we know. We, okay, we know that love is like that. We know that love, you know, reaches to the helpless. Love will die for you. You know, I, I, we, we know that. That's good. That's good. But give me something else. Love will set the captives free. It will set the captives free. Do you know what about the captive? It will set the captives free. We're talking about Christians. We're talking about non-Christians. It was said the captives free. Let's turn to, and let's end up there, in Colossians. In Colossians chapter 1, you, 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 had, you know the verse. I, I would have Jennifer come up here, and you can quote the verse in, in verses 9 through, you know, probably 11. You know, I'm not going to call you Jennifer. Though. <laughs> see, see, love, Jennifer, wouldn't embarrass somebody. See, hot dog! Uh, I'm gonna ask your mother-in-law, Susan. <laughs> Let's look at verse 13, Colossians 1:13. For he rescued us from the power, from the authority, from the domain of darkness. And translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. His beloved son. He set the captives free. We were captive. We were captive to the arch enemy called the devil. We were. And God set us free. He set us free. And I said, whoopee. That's good. I like that. He expects us to set people free. People, not people, only just people who are not yet saved, but people who are in bondage to whatever it might be because we have strongholds in our lives. We talked about that last week or week before last. And God says, set my captives free. Well, God, you know, I don't, uh, I'm not going to pray for somebody because nothing might not happen. Uh, If I pray for them, nothing might, you know. I'm not going to embarrass myself. Are you doing it out of love? Now, if you want, if, now if you want recognition, if you want to be the person who let me lay, let me lay my hands on you, you know, then people call people say, "Hey, you, um, you the pastor? Won't you go to the? Won't you go and pray for them?" They, I said, "I sent somebody. I sent the same somebody. I got a prayer team to go up to the hospital and pray. They they want you. You the pastor. They want you to come pray for them. There's something wrong with that?" theologically. Because the saints are carrying the Holy Spirit just like I'm carrying the Holy Spirit. We're all saints, right? We're all born again. So what difference does it make? Because Jesus said, "I, I have to go. You should want me to go so that I can send the Holy Spirit. Because He'll be with you. He'll be in you. And you can take Him. A million, three million can take a billion can take him everywhere, different places, and you can lay hands on the sick. You can cast out demons. Come on. this is not no clergy thing. Right? Yeah. Set the captives free. That's what love does. And if you're operating on love with love, God will move because God wants to set the captives free. God loves to set the captives free. He does. Yeah. So I'm trying to paint this picture now to you about love. Because next week we'll go a little bit further. Because now we, we, we do know that God loves us. We know what it looks like. We're beginning to lo- know what it looks like. Now how, how is it going to affect us though? You know, what, what, what's going to happen with us? How can we take what he has done and appropriate it to us and move and flow with this thing called love? So for, for next week, we're going to take this thing to another level. And then the last week, we're going, we're, going to, we're going to, oh, man, we're going to be ready to do something. We're going to be ready to do something. Because really what God does want is for us moving and flowing as one man, one person. That's what the body of Christ is supposed to be doing. Joints, ligaments, flowing together as one man. Let's stand. God is good. God loves you. God loves you.